Spiritual battle and your authority in Christ. Spiritual battle and your authority in Christ. The battle. The enemy will attack your position in Christ. You hear things like, if God loves you, why did this happen to you? Why has that not happened to you? Why have you not gotten your husband at the age of 30? Why did your husband leave you? Oh, Jesus Christ, you just got me to talk about something here. So let's do this again. Friends, it is a spiritual crime. Right? It's a spiritual crime for us to think God thinks less of us or we are a failure in life because our marriage failed. Do you know what marriage is? Two people who have mind, who have a mind coming together in marriage, which means that one party can say, I am no longer interested. And for us to say, because one party says, I'm no longer interested, we are filled. Ah, is an ins- if I can feel the insult for God. It's an insult on the personality and the reputation of God. You have a purpose. There was an intention of God before you were born. No, I was speaking, I was dealing with this matter for three weeks in my church. So not that, okay, because we have church members in the States, you know, who connect, we have, we have a strong you know, online church in a sense because we started lockdown. So I had to ensure that I don't just teach online, I pastor people. So we, call, we have Zoom calls, Sunday service, um, Wednesday meetings and other meetings that we have, prayer meetings. So basically, we're running a real service online. I mean, it was hectic, challenging, but God helped us and it's still helping us. So we had one of our Wednesday sessions, so we have those guys from the States also join. And this lady was talking about the fact that she was raised for marriage. So from childhood, her father has always said to her, we are doing this for you so that when you get married... So all in our mind was that our life is about getting married. So when it turned out that the person she got married to actually connived with someone to um, get her to marry them for papers, one of the reasons, right? And the person was a bit kind of abusive. So when that came, when that got exposed, when that came to light, the lady was not going to leave the marriage because she felt she's a failure in life if that marriage fails. So she held on to a marriage relationship that was ruining her life because she feels if I should come out, I am a failure in life. It makes no sense. But it's not her fault. It's because her identification, she sees her identity as a marriage. Is your, when you marry is when you succeeded. That was how she saw it. And she was groomed for this. And it was not just herself. A few other people actually also said the same thing, that they were being raised for marriage. So the end they had in view was getting married. So I was saying that marriage is two people who have a mind. Mind. Going to marriage. And somebody can start believing nonsense. It's kind of giving their ears to a lie and deception. And try to come into a marriage relationship with the wrong doctrine. And begin to mess up the entire home and marriage. So because a party gave their mind to a wrong thinking, a wrong teaching, and the marriage have to go its way because light and darkness cannot coexist. 
We didn't think that we failed in life. No, that is a spiritual crime. No, I'm not saying the Bible says it. I'm just trying to paint a picture to make you see that is a wrong way of thinking. It's sad what happens when marriage fails because one party choose, you know, believe something that they should not believe in. It hurts, you know, sometimes the other party is left with a child to raise the children. And it can be very sad, you know. I've been in a similar situation. My mom had to raise us, raise us single-handedly. I mean, many of the things that people go through when it comes to things, I've been through it as a child, you know, the victim. But look how, I'm happy with where I am today, and I know God has great things in store for me. I'm happy where my mom is. <laughs> so we got her, it is an inverter. Um, we, 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 this is an inverter thing whereby you can generate electricity with solar power. So she sent my wife and I a message was it two, three days ago. She said, thank you, you made me a coin in my community. What happened? Because people in our area are coming to charge their mobile phones in a house. Because there's not been electricity supply in our area for four days. So it's feeling like the queen in the community. I get to me. But if she had seen herself as her life has ended and there's no hope for her life because that man went away, she most likely goes to she most likely would have projected this poison on us, you know, fitted with the poison. And I don't think I'll be standing here because what I will have for the man is passionate hatred. I don't hate my father and I don't miss him. That's the gist for the other day. I shall have gisted you guys earlier on. I don't hate my father, but my father, when you see him, better run. Because the poison he carries, the poison he carries is stronger than the poison of the one of the greatest, the, the, the most dangerous snake in the world. I'm not joking. When my father speaks, he speaks bitterness. He speaks poison. He speaks hate. Thick one that you can easily touch. So I don't hate my father, but you better beware. You know, my father said, you know, when we were going for my traditional wedding, you know, he was so hungry and bitter. He said, anybody will go for that wedding will not come back alive, that everybody will die in a car accident. My father is an epitome of bitterness. <laughs> May God help him. We, we keep him in prayers. Why have I used that example to show you something? I love my father, but I know what he carries. So you better run. So if you are in a relationship with someone, how they carry is bitterness, hate. Run. They will reduce your life. They will want to finish you. My father, do you know what he, was, what he was doing? Because of the hate in him, he would go and blackmail my mom every possible place. To the point that at some point, my mom's boss had to order his arrest because he was putting the reputation of the, of the entire organization at risk. He would threaten everyone who can or who want to help my mom to succeed in anything. He was a symbol and the carrier of the deepest and the most, the most toxic poison on earth. He hates me with a passion. I have a father. You know, when I realized that I came through my father, but I'm not for my father, I don't have any hate. If I have any issues, I want to speak to my own real father, God, my father. Say, father. You need to see me when I'm speaking to God. I say, Father, come, come, come. I don't have that's a relationship I have with God. I have a casual relationship and a serious relationship with God. I say, I say, Father, you know what? This person, if I tell you exactly how I'm feeling, it's because of now that I'm patient and kind. I just feel like slapping them. <laughs> That's how I relate with God. I don't go, oh, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Father and God and Heavenly Father. No. I talk to God everywhere. Lord Jesus. 
It's because of you. It's not because of you. That person, ah, thank God for Jesus. That's the relationship I have with God. And that's what it helped me. Amen. I don't know how I got there, but um, I, I hope you bless someone. I get to it. So please be careful of toxic people. They would want to pour that poison in you, wreck you, rip you apart, ruin your life. Is their identification is what they carry. You run. Say run. Say run. Run. When you see, you, sometimes you need to, you don't block, sometimes because they can use another number to call you, you just add another one. Don't pick. Or you say toxic. Or you just give them a nickname. So when the call is coming in, once you see it, you know, don't pick. Or you say danger, warning. <laughs> Seriously, that's how serious it is. Some people will speak to you for five minutes and for the next two weeks, you are struggling mentally because of the poison they carry. He said, don't pick. Don't, I told, they were still receiving my, my siblings were still receiving my father's call and it will give them some poison that they are so disturbed, run my mother down like crazy. I said, now, you know, I don't command people. Now, but I'm giving this order in this house. Nobody answers my father's call in this house again. If you answer a call, you answer it at your home period. Whatever I put inside of you, don't come and share it with us. Just enjoy it and Eat it by yourself. And I don't want to hear anything else after that. So if you have enough commands, don't answer it. Whatever it feeds you, eat it and enjoy it. And don't bring it here. And everybody took the instruction, glory be to God. <clears throat> the enemy will attack your position in Christ. It would, as God said, did God say, if you are a child of God, if you are a Christian, why did that happen to you? Why did that happen? It will question you. It will make, if the devil can make you doubt that Christ is in you, if it can make you feel you are helpless, nobody is for you, everybody, everything is against you, nothing is working, he's having his few day. Amen. So the battle really is in the soul. We've all agreed that the spirit is saved. The body is just a messenger of what instruction the soul gives to it. Now the battle is in your mind, your emotions. You have to make your body yield to your spirit. Right. So let's look at this. The best game the devil has play, ever played and is still playing is deception. We lie to you. So they say, no, the devil is so sophisticated. Look at Eve. He made Eve to see what will kill her as something that is good for food. Good for making one wise. Beautiful to behold. The Satan will wrap deception, will wrap death, poison in something that looks nice and pleasant. Sorry, we're out of time. Sorry, we'll come. You make it look like men. You need to have this. Of all the men that have gone to commit adultery, did they get what they thought they were going to get? It's a lie. Lost and sin will overpromise, but will never deliver. It will never deliver. That's why when I was being tempted, I said, see, in the history of mankind, I've not seen anybody who committed adultery and got away with it, and I will not be the first. So don't tell me rubbish. Now, if you listen to me carefully, you notice that I said, when I went to temptation, what was I doing? I was speaking. When it comes to temptation, the person that can speak the most or the loudest is the person who's going to win the game. So if the devil can speak out, speak you, and you don't speak, 
it will get you to do what you don't want to do. Did God say, if you are truly born again, so subtle, so quiet, so so that you don't suspect, you don't, you don't, you don't see a need or a reason for you to react. If God truly loves you. I feel like going to the next drama class. You just say, come, come, sit down, come on, let's sit down. It seems like you don't have brain. So you sit down and say, Satan, turn, open the Bible to Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and read for me. No, no, he said, he, said, he, said, he said, God does not love me. Open your Bible, because he can quote scriptures. He quoted scriptures for Jesus out of context. He wanted to twist it. You have to learn to preach to the devil. Jesus preached to him. Say it is written. So let, let, let's look at it. So if, what does Satan say to Jesus? If you are the son of God, an attack on his identity. If you are the son of God, prove yourself. Do you know what he wants him to do? He wanted Jesus to doubt. But do you know that that temptation that Jesus went through was just after God said, this is my beloved son in whom I love. In whom I'm well pleased. When he was being baptized in water and was coming out, a voice confirmed it. Even God confirmed it in the eyes of a lot of people. As if Jesus was deaf. He now came to meet him in the, in the wilderness. If you are truly... But do you know also what he did? He was speaking to Jesus at a kind of a vulnerable state after the guy had been fasted for about 40 days. When you are hungry, when you are tired, it comes with a temptation. So that's why you have to be ready in a season and out of season. When I say in season, I mean all the time. He said, if you are. Do you know Jesus went through suicidal thoughts? He said, jump if you are the son of God. <laughs> Satan is a liar. So you sit down with him, you say, you know what, open your Bible because it seems like you don't, you have been, you've been, you've been on this heart for so long, you don't have enough, you never have common sense. Sit down, let me lecture you. And just watch, it disappears. It doesn't wait, try it. It doesn't wait. So just sit down, sit down, let me lecture you. The Bible says, just do it tonight and tell, come back and tell me if he waited. If he does not see the possibility for you to entertain his lies, he will not come and try it. So, it's the same old game, deception. Now, you hear about things about battlefield of the mind. Now, raging thoughts and imaginations inspired by the enemy. Strongholds. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Um, and somebody can open Ephesians 6.10. I need to do this in less than 15 minutes. Right, so as we open our Bible to those verses, many of us know many times we go through this raging thoughts and imaginations that are inspired by the enemy. They would not stop. I'll give you an example of mine. He would not stop. He would keep bringing it. He uh, would keep aiming at you for his chance of success. And um, strongholds, now let's read that verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Is this 2 Corinthians? Am I? Thank you, bro. Yes? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
Do you realize that most of the things mentioned there are absolutely with the mind imaginations? The center of your creativity, in a sense. If the devil can hijack it with evil things. I've been through it. Time will not allow me to tell you. <laughs> Share the horrendous attack I went through with how the enemy attacked my imagination. Literally took my imagination captive. It was a bloody fight. It was a bloody one. It was a very, very bad one. I said, I'm not giving up because this is not me. You wake up every morning with a set imaginations in place already for you. That you that's just not your identity. So the weapons of, of your warfare are not kind of mighty true God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, stronghold in that context means established way of thinking. Uh, a stronghold can be described as a fortified, um, a fortress to protect you from an ensuing enemy. So back in the days when they used to have a fortress, right, have this kind of strongholds, what they build them in order to prevent, to protect themselves from the enemy. You know, myself and my wife were in Portugal. We went to we visit one of one of those, right? So it's to protect you from the enemy. So the enemy will help build strongholds in your mind to shield you from receiving and believing the truth of God's word about you. So those strongholds, now stronghold on its own is not positive or negative, but it's usually a positive thing because it's to protect you. But the enemy will establish some negative thinking in your mind such that you will not be able to receive the truth about your identity in Christ Jesus. So when the Bible talks about stronghold, you may be wondering, but stronghold is meant to be a positive thing. But so how is that applicable here? It's because those thinking, those imaginations have been so fused together, solidified, concreted, that's my own language, so, 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 so mighty in a sense that they, they, they look like they cannot be conquered. But the Bible says that you have a weapon. But until those weapons are mighty through God, we're going to go to Ephesians 6 very quickly to, to, to find those um, weapons. The weapons of your warfare, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They can, no matter how long that thought has been such that it has so much blended with your life that you think you are that thing, that thing can be destroyed. Amen. It can be destroyed. I like how the Bible puts it. They say they are mighty. So you may be thinking this is mighty. The weapon you've got is mightier. Much more mightier. You know, the word does not, the Bible doesn't use adjective anyhow. Say they are mighty, and their mightiness is not in what you think. Their mightiness is through God. How can some guys walk around a wall, they shouted hallelujah, and the wall crumbled? They didn't throw spears and harrow, the wall went flat, sank. That's just a tip of how mighty the weapon of our warfare is. They are not something that are carnal. They are not, when they say carnal, they are not physical. They are not by human strength. I know a guy, I don't want to mention his name. He's one of the most respected motivational speakers. And he's helped a lot of people, you know. But this guy is one of the most toxic people on earth right now. The person who used to be lovey-dovey is one of the most toxic people on earth right now. You know why? If you're in the world of motivational speaking... Right, maybe I should give you a, a bit of a son. You know, I follow Jim Ron, one of Jim Ron's son. Right, I will not say more than that. Go do your research. I get to me. 
used to be a pleasant guy. You know, I know a man of God who used to boast a lot about him that he read this guy's book. It was through this guy's inspiration he did it. But this guy is very, very toxic. Now, I don't know where he is now in this phase of his life. Maybe he's changed again. But the last time I listened to him, I was like, this was not the guy I was listening to many years. I, not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really connect. I don't connect with him, so I don't listen to him. Right? But a few times when I go across what he does, you know, back then it seems to have, like his head is switched on, but last time it was just a mess. You know why? You cannot deal with spiritual battles with human strength. No. You can't. You, it won't last. Now, you may, you may be able to kind of subdue them in a sense. I mean, I, I don't even want to say subdue them. I don't know the best word to describe them. I'm saying that you may not, they may not be so visible and evident at some point in time in your life, but that doesn't mean they are gone. But with Christ Jesus, you can, you can smash every spiritual attack and battle. Amen. Right, so that... Let me see that. Strongholds, prolonged, established way of thinking that prevents God, the enemy, from coming in. So I put that in, I put that in bracket because... Uh, sorry, maybe I should put... Um, what's it called? Uh, in quotes. So because here, in this context, now, the, 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 the stronghold considers God as the enemy. Are you getting me? Evil strongholds, you are not good enough, all those kind of things. Now, if you go to people, if you're speaking to people who have ident- deep identity issues, when you bring the, when you tell them about who they are in Christ Jesus, there's a way they shoot, tend to shoot or protect themselves because they don't want to hear it. Because they don't believe that's the truth. So at that point in time, the reason why they are shrinking back and they don't want to take it is because they consider that one as an enemy. It's not them, it's, it's that stronghold in their mind. Because normally, stronghold are to shield you from an ensuing enemy. So when the Bible says that the stronghold in your life that you need to pull down with the power of God, it tells you that that stronghold considers God as an enemy because a stronghold is meant to protect you from an enemy. Uh, thanks for calling that out. I get to me. So a stronghold sees truth as the false, as the enemy, because it because it believes that this negative and this light thing, these lies are the reality. Make sense, right? Good, nice one. You're welcome. So how do we deal with this? You've heard about this then, and the weapons of our warfare are not. No, 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 no. No, we wage war not against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. Say so now, put on your whole armor of God. Oh yeah, armor of God. Okay, let's get into this armor thing. Can I shoot this in fifteen minutes? Let's do this. So, uh, let's go to Ephesians six ten. Ephesians six ten. So I've heard from one person that they would like us to hold a Zoom, uh, you know, the breakout session that we didn't have, they would like to have, uh, I asked them if they would like to have a Zoom call. I said, yes, fantastic. Uh, I'll probably send, when I recover from all of those weekends, it's been a long weekend, I'll send out emails and, um, and uh, if you get, you know, we can have those sessions and we can arrange coffee or tea one weekend for a specific group of people, you know, later on. I like face-to-face meetings. Amen. The, the COVID is a liar. Amen. <clears throat> Finally, brethren, and so this is the uh, New King James Version, right? It reads, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, he said you should be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It means you should be reliant. Your trust and your confidence should be in God. 
not strong in yourself. Your confidence should not be in yourself, your abilities, but in the provision of Christ. The authority in Christ. Right, so I'm going to just walk you guys through it. So be strong in the, in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Figuratively, right? Because these were those guys, guys, to be honest with you, if you wear this, then the devil will beat you anyhow. <laughs> and when you hear this, you know, these are just figurative. I'm going to explain it to you very shortly. I get to me. This is kind of what it looks like. I put two pictures there because they're not kind of complete. I don't know why you guys are shouting. Right. So, you know, you have the sword in that guy's hand. You have the breastplate there. It looks like six pack. Maybe that's where all those guys get the six pack from. Rubbish. Right. You got a belt there. You got the shoes there. Well, that shoe, snake and bite. Well, anyway. Right. That's fine. Right. Uh, you have the help. I know. Close your mouth. Sorry. Right. Okay. So, in, 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 in summary, that's kind of like what the Roman uh, armor looks like. But let's go into it. Because it was, Paul was using it to, to communicate a message to the people, uh, to paint a picture in their mind, telling them that, you know what, in this world you are in a battle, but yours is spiritual. So he's using this to help the guys. Back in the days, they go into battle and stuff, right? To say, you know what, when you go to the battlefield, when you fight, when you do this, you know, this is the mission. This is the, this is the objective of this particular weapon of your warfare. Spiritually, this is what they mean for you, and this is what you're supposed to use them for. Literally, oh yeah. In summary, so look at it. Said, put on the old armor of God. But now he didn't say the Roman armor. He said the armor of God. So that should tell us that it's not a physical armor like this. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So when you say wiles, what what comes to your mind? What do you think is wiles? Hmm? Schemes. What more? Fine. What do you think? Schemes? Mm -hmm. Right? Plans, right? Strategies? Sorry? Distractions? Deception, that's the word. Deception, lies. Strategically crafted lies. Inspirations. Imaginations. Ungodly ones. So, the, so Paul is saying here that those things are terrible offensive weapon in the hand of the devil don't take lies about your identity lightly they can ruin you amen so uh now look at it said verse 12 for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood it's telling you that those lies those deceptions even though they are spoken through people your main problem is not with people. Even when somebody comes against you and tries to trash you, you know, the devil is the one after you. There was a song that myself and Jella were singing this morning, you know, from our, where we come from in the ACC. You cover your face. Uh, I should not sing there. You know, we pray, sing this kind of prayer Lord, my enemy, you know, make them blind, make them die. You know, cut the, you know, I do, because it's it kind of graphic, gory, I don't want to go into and that's a song we sing in church. Baba followed you. Elizabeth is laughing. Sorry, we just, uh, just trying to get attention of my guys here. Right. So I've given you the English version. See, there's something about, about the Nigerian culture, right? Like, it's, wait, wait, I think I should, maybe, I, maybe I should start teaching you our language a little bit, right? Like, Karo, good morning, it's Karo, right? Say Karo. Can you try? Niger, can you try? Karo. 
Carol. Yeah, well done, well done. You're on the journey. <laughs> so when you, when you learn a few things about the Yoruba culture, because I'm a Yoruba guy, right? He put some things into more context and makes it look, conveys the meaning. Uh, okay, let me make you laugh a little bit. I know I'm out of time, but it, I'm just having fun here. All right, hard to stop at six. Let's, let's see how we do this. You know, so, in, um, so when you want to say somebody is mad, out of their mind, insane. You know, in, in England, you say they're insane. But there's a word we use. <laughs> my guys are already laughing. There's a word you use in the Yoruban language that it makes it look bigger and more serious than what it actually is. Right, but come and learn the Yoruba language and... Um, you hear things like reading my boy shot. <laughs> Praise God. Some people are looking tired and looking sleepy. No, 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 no. Guys, this is it. We have just about 25 minutes to go. So, you know, that should, the countdown should get you excited. Huh? Right. So let's do this. So, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand it in the evil day. Now, in the evil day here is every day, anytime the enemy shows up. Right? Anytime the enemy shows up. Because the enemy is not, it doesn't come against you only in summer or in winter. The Bible says, as a roaring lion is going about seeking womb in may devour. He's always looking for opportunities. So when the Bible says that, so that you, you are able to stand. So now the enemy may have tried saying one or two things to you guys in your mind, one way or the other, something about your identity, even before this meeting, right? Or yeah, that's an evil day when the enemy comes against you, right? Um, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having gathered your ways with truth. Say the truth. Now, it says we wage war not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. And the first thing it said is truth. I mean, in terms of protecting yourself, the first thing it mentioned is truth, the garden of truth. So if the first weapon of your warfare that Paul called out is truth, then it must be that one of the, the, the most prominent weapons of the enemy against you is lies and deception. The first thing he called out is truth. So many times, many believers think the battle we are fighting is the battle of um, maybe your grandmother, your mother-in-law, things like that. No, they are lies. They are lies the enemy wants to put. I'm not saying your mother-in-laws are not blessed. They are, but there's a major attack on you, your life. And the enemy can preoccupy you so much with your mother-in-law problem that you are not able to pay attention to the problems in your life. I've seen this. It's happened to me. But not with my mother-in-law, but I've been dealing with people. I mean, people, your life is so bombarded with so much that you don't have enough time to study the word of God and to think about how you want to move on with your life, becoming who God has called you to be. Amen. Right. So gathered of truth around your waist, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Two sides to this. Now, uh, breastplate breastplate of righteousness there have to do with understanding and holding on to the truth that you are justified by faith. Justified means you are righteous. You are being made righteous. You are declared righteous. And you, and you can approach God with a, with a sense of um, without a sense of condemnation or unworthiness or shame. 
So justification means to be declared righteous. So in God's sight, if you are born again, you are righteous. You are holy. You are chosen, regardless of how you feel. And the Bible is saying to you that if you don't hold on to that truth, the devil will call you a sinner and a child of God. You get me, sir? And it, will, it, can, it can steer your heart to have those emotions that you are a sinner. And it can mess you up by making you think that you are what you are not. But if you wear the breastplate of righteousness, that you know what, I've been justified with, by faith, so I have peace with God. And that's Romans 5, 1, right? I haven't been justified by faith. Okay. We have peace with God. So your justification, your being made righteous by God is by faith, only by believing, not by anything you've done or you can do. Okay, you've been doing it all before you, all you did before you give your life to Christ. How far did it go? Come on. Which part, which kind of sin? Any sin. As a believer, unbeliever. It's not true. Because, okay, when it's a sin separates you from God, let me, let, me, let me make them look good a little bit. So I'll say, sin makes you want to stay away from God. Right? It doesn't separate God from you. God doesn't move. God is a constant. He stays. If people go on sin, if they keep on sinning, they realize that their hearts will be They'll be losing sensitivity to God and they'll be, you know, the, the, because when you are walking and seeing intentionally, the enemy will fill in your mind with condemnation and it will be making you withdraw from God. So sin does not separate God from you, but it's going to make your heart callous such that you are no longer sensitive to God. Make sense? Yeah, so, it's, so the, the consequence of living a life of sin intentionally is, on, is, is the impact it has on us and our relationship with God as opposed to God with us. Make sense? Good one. So, what was I even saying? So, breastplate of righteousness, you just have to choose to believe that you have been made righteous because it is in believing what God says about you that you can respond to him the way you should. So, when you believe you are righteous, you can act righteous. When you believe you are righteous so much, it gets so much to a point whereby you can't even sin. I'm telling you from truth. You know, when I, when I was living my past and the all kind of lives I was living in the past, I realized that I, I was reading my Bible and getting to know more about myself so much that one day when I saw some, something that looks at, used to look attractive, by default, my eyes bounced away. That was a shock. I was like, I don't understand. Now, I did not look away intentionally. I saw and my head went back. I'm like, I don't understand. And I've been assessing myself up until, that, up until now and I can tell you that when your heart is filled with the knowledge of the fact that you are righteous, and, that's, and that becomes your reality, you live holy by default. You will not struggle with sin. But when you're thinking you're a sinner, Lord, help me, I don't want to do this, your eyes will still be on it. Amen. So breastplate of righteousness. So the second part is it of righteousness is that you have to then choose to also walk in truth, in righteousness. Because when you are walking in lies and deception, the enemy can take advantage of you. Because walking in lies and deception, right? You know, you're trying to like God, you know, God understands, God knows, and a human being, God knows. No, it's not about God, it's about the territory you are going into. Because Christians who are being flaky and funny with God, the devil will exploit them. So there's righteousness by position in Christ Jesus, and there's righteousness by responsibility that we have to choose to walk in. Amen. 
Let's go. So, um, what advice am I? Okay, verse 15. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Gospel of peace. How do I explain this? Lord, help me. I'll say to you now, the Bible tells us that Jesus said, he said, peace I leave you with you. Peace I give you. Not as men give, let not your heart be troubled. Now, your salvation, being saved in Christ, this is my whole interpretation of this. Being saved in Christ, you are called into peace. Now, there's a verse of the Bible that says that God has called us, I think in 1 Corinthians 7, when the Bible says that if an unbelieving spouse, so if a person, so if two people married when they were not saved, and one of them got saved, and that's because they got saved, the other party wants to divorce them. The Bible says, if that unbelieving partner wants to leave, let them leave, because God has called you to a life of peace. So we must bear in mind all the time that we are called to a life of peace. The gospel we have received, the gospel we believe is the gospel of peace. It's the gospel of Christ. And we should hold on to that 24-7. Amen. There's more to it, but because of my time, I need to rush this a little bit. Uh, so I, I, say, I shared with us earlier on that whatever you want to do, if you don't have peace with it, don't go ahead. I repeat, if you don't have peace in your heart about anything, anything, do not go ahead with it. If you are being called a name that does not be at peace with your heart, don't answer to it. Amen. Uh, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery that of the wicked one. Shield of faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in all that God has done for you in Christ Jesus. You just got to hold on to it. Because when the enemy throws something against you, especially in your heart, and I'm talking about thoughts, words, and stuff like that, Believing you are who God says you are will protect your heart against those things. But if you don't hold on to what God, who God says you are in Christ Jesus, they will penetrate your heart. And they, then you see depression, you see anxiety, you see instability and all kind of stuff. So everything, if you look at it carefully, it just comes to words of the enemy, battle in the soul, imaginations, speculations, thoughts, right? And responding from your end, uh, with the word of God and what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. I say, and take the ailment of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So let me talk about ailments of salvation. Helmet is something you wear on your head, right? It goes about your mind. That's how I want to interpret it. Your mind. You know, you are saved by grace through faith. You have been justified by faith. You have been justified by grace through faith. No, okay. I haven't been justified by faith. We have peace with God. You have been justified by faith. Right, So your mind should be constantly protected with, the, with that truth that you have been justified by faith. Are you getting me? That you are saved by grace. That you are a child of God. If you look at the, all of this, it comes back to, even though Paul was trying to you know, use all of this to explain it, and I, couldn't, I can't go so much in detail because of our time, but I just need to call out a few things that we've you know, talked about earlier on to then say, you know what, you may have heard about this, but this is kind of what it means in the context of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. So how do you protect your mind, your head, from all the, all the punch of the enemy? I am saved. I am born of God. I am saved by grace. This is why I am in Christ Jesus. I am kind, you know, Paul uh, talked about the fruit of the Spirit a lot yesterday. You got to protect your mind. And I'll say, I'm talking about the helmet of your salvation. Let me see that. If, you, if I want to bring in your responsibility, I'll say, mind what you feed your mind with. 
Because you can't hold on to the fact that you are saved, you're a child of God, and, and keep feeding on thoughts that messes up your mind and think you'll be able to produce a productive life, produce a successful Christian life. No, it is counterproductive. And finally, it says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So the, the sword there is on the offensive. So God, is, God does not want it only to be uh, defensive. He also wants it to be offensive, right? Because you are a soldier on a mission called to an assignment. So you have to constantly speak the word of God. And when the enemy comes against you, don't only say, ah, I have the breastplate of righteousness. Ah, I have the <laughs> helmet of salvation. Oh, I have the... Sh-. No. You speak the word of God. What Jesus did, Jesus did not wait for the enemy to hit him on the chest. Even though he has a breastplate of righteousness, you know, uh, literally, he attacked, he responded. No, the word, it is written. So don't wait for that situation to oppress you and finish you before you speak. When that thought starts just the way you counted one to ten in your mind, the moment you hear one, you say who you are in Christ. Don't allow the devil to count up to nine before you respond. Because once it goes past two, you may not be able to speak. Have you noticed that sometimes, I think I've said that this earlier on, when you have been heavily tempted, one of the things that happen to you is that you cannot speak. It's like something holds you down. You can't speak and allows the enemy to feed on your mind. If the enemy wants to hold you down, he tries to make you inactive so that you cannot speak. Because your power is speaking. The power of God is voice activated. How you, you know, you go, you, I don't know if you've watched some of the side movies. You, you, even your Siri at home, if I say, if my laptop is on, say, hello, hey Siri, he will respond. The power, of, well, the power of God is not Siri, but the power of God too is voice activated. Speak it. Do you know he responded? Hey Siri. Hey Siri. He just responded now. Okay, well, whatever. But it's backsliding. So I just said, hey, Siri, and um, it came up, and I just had a voice behind me. He said, this is the way working in it. He went, right, aha. Uh-huh. So the, vo- the power of God is voice activated, and we got to learn to speak. Please, if you forget everything at all that I've shared, which I know you won't forget them because we went through a lot of illustrations, please speak the word of God. Amen. Speak the word of God. Please Always remember, you are not a sinner. Verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saint. The Bible tells us here that to pray for one another and asks us to pray in the Spirit at all times. Praying in the Spirit here, one of the ways we pray in the Spirit is by speaking in tongues. Uh, time we're not allowed to go into that is a separate topic of for that day. I'm teaching... Knowing, I'm teaching a subject in my church at the moment titled Knowing the Holy Spirit. At some point, I'm going to talk about this. Tomorrow, okay, I think what I'm talking about now is the Holy Spirit as a comforter. That might be very helpful for you guys if you can find the church website and find our social media on, the, on some flies and stuff given to you guys. You can listen to those teachings. It's going to really help you. A lot of things I've covered today in those teachings I'm doing currently is showing you how the Holy Spirit who is now in you is helping you achieve those things. It's helping you stand your ground in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we should pray at all times. Right. <sighs> is anybody here who would like someone to pray with them concerning something? I mean, regarding the things I've talked about. 
if by chance, not by chance, if you would like to, you know, might be your health, might be, you know, I've showed a few things here that, you know, God has, um, God has delivered it from the power and the dominion of darkness, Colossians 1.13. Not that he will, he has. So if you have seen any kind of bondage in your life, uh, you have the right to send them packing because they don't have a right to stay in your life. And Satan is very stubborn. It doesn't go quickly. So you stand your ground. You don't move. You don't give up. There are things in my life I told you, shared you guys, things I fought for a year in my life because I know the hand. I know God has given me freedom in Christ Jesus. So if there's anything that's putting you in any kind of bondage, that's kind of holding you, oppressing you, I have Pastor Dial here who can pray with you in that regard and to start you on that journey. Amen. Praise God. Any question, we come to the end of the show. Praise the Lord.